Well, friends, welcome back to the Space for Faith podcast. My name is Mike Goldsworthy, and it is good to have you with us. It has been a minute, hasn't it? Um, I think it's been since like August. It's been several months, and you may not have noticed because I do not expect that you are, you know, daily checking your podcast app to see if there's something new from us getting put out here. But uh, I thought it would be uh, worthwhile and helpful to pop on here and to do a few things to record a brief update here. So first, want to do three things. First, want to let you know like where I've been, where the podcast has been. Uh, second, want to tell you just uh, a little bit about something in the midst that uh, I'm in the midst of putting together for this podcast for this year that I think will be pretty special. And then third, I thought like instead of just like offering some updates on the podcast, I thought maybe I could uh, do something that would have a little bit of value. And I thought I would offer maybe a few brief reflections and thoughts from just a few things that I learned this year. So that is what we're going to do here. I don't think this will be a super long podcast compared to, you know, what we normally do, but just a few brief thoughts. So first, first, where, where have we been? Where, what has been going on with Space for Faith? And um, here's kind of the short of it is one of the things I was working on in 2023 was shifting more of my work outside of the church. And as a result of that, that required uh, energy and focus in a different direction for a season. And so I ended up ending the year, I ended 2023 with about 75% of my work was in the church space and about 25% of my work was outside of the church space. But because I don't have that same credibility, the same network, all of, because I don't have that outside of the church in the same way that I do inside the church, that 25% of my time uh, took an outsized amount of time and energy. Uh, and so I did several things this year to sort of like build that. I I went through several certifications and trainings, rebuilt my website, and just started putting effort and energy into building a larger network uh, for my work that existed outside the church. And I'll be honest, it actually has taken a lot more energy effort work all of the things than I had expected it to and it will this year as well if last year is any indicator of that and so that yeah that 25% of my income that was coming from outside the church took an outsized amount of energy compared to the 75% that was inside the church but I realized in a lot of ways that it's a lot of the same work that I've been doing. It's a lot of the same work that I've been doing as a pastor, a lot of the same work that I've been doing as somebody who's engaged in this broader faith conversation, that it's about helping people find fullness in life, showing up as their full, true selves. I've got to do that as a pastor. I've gotten to do that as somebody who uh, gets to care for and pastor other pastors. And now I'm getting to do that in a space that exists outside the church with business leaders and CEOs, uh, C-suite leaders, and uh, folks in all kinds of like different areas that I wasn't getting to connect with in this kind of way uh, before. It's the same work about helping people become who they were designed and created to be. It's a lot of the same work about moving uh, past methods to getting to like actually underlying motivators and drivers in our lives. 
Uh, it's the same kind of work about uh, trying to ask different questions than what might be normative for people in a certain space. It's it's the same kind of work of of bringing perspective and wisdom and experience into people's lives and into their leadership. And uh, so anyways, where this podcast has been is that I just needed to redirect some energy for a season in order to do some of the same work that I had been doing, but to do it in a different space and to begin building in that space. So that's where this has been. Now, this space for faith, it's not going away, even as I continue to expand my work outside of the church. In fact, a part of me doing more work outside of the church, as I began doing that more, it created an opportunity for me to ask, well, what do I want my contributions to look like in the church space? Uh, in fact, a part of my hope is actually, as I build more of my work outside of the church, is to actually build something that allows me to be able to be both more generous and more selective in how I engage in the church space. Uh, but one of the things that seems clear to me right now, as I think about, well, how would I be more generous and selective? What would my contribution look like in the church space? One of the things that seems clear to me right now is that this space right here, this podcast, you all, like this feels right for me to continue to contribute to. And I spent a good bit of time processing this because, uh, frankly, and you know this, like the podcast space, it's a bit oversaturated. And I, I just don't have interest in contributing to more noise, in um, doing a thing that there's plenty of other people doing and that are doing really well. And there's lots of good, lovely, wonderful podcasts that are out there. And I, yeah, I, I don't need to spend my energy just like making more noise in that space. But as I processed it, I realized, I think we do have a bit of a uniqueness here. And a part of the uniqueness is, is you all, uh, as I have gotten notes from you or talked with you, like as best as I can tell, it seems like you are all a pretty unique and diverse group that there isn't a sort of like demographic that could describe the people who uh, listen to this other than maybe we could say like the demographic is like open, curious. Um, yeah. Like people, people that have that sort of like uh, uh, bent uh, towards them. But beyond that, it's like all over the map. Like you all believe very different kinds of things. You all live in very different places you all have very different kinds of engagement with faith and what faith means to you like it it all seems to be pretty different and so you're a part of the uniqueness that's here and uh i began getting actually pretty inspired by thinking through like some uh things to do with the podcast this year as i began thinking like okay what if what if this is one of the ways that i get to contribute and give to the church space as i work on being uh, moving to a place where I get to be more selective and more generous in it, like just, I think, unlocked something in me uh, for what we could do here. So so this year, um, we're going to do something that I think is going to be pretty special with the podcast. And uh, I think I'm going to keep it pretty vague for now, which it doesn't really help on an update uh, podcast recording, does it? But I'm not quite ready to talk about it yet only because there's a few more things I have to get squared away in order to do it. But um, I'm really genuinely really excited for it. I think you're going to really appreciate it, or I think maybe many of you 
will really appreciate it. There's always some of you who won't. That's okay. Uh, but I think many of you will really appreciate it. And it's going to be a bit different from what we've done here before. Um, so uh, I've been, yeah, working on it. Like saying behind the scenes seems weird because I haven't talked to you since August. But I've been, I've been working on it, putting it together. And I think in the next month, month and a half, uh, we should be able to start putting out some more stuff on it. So, so, you know, anxiously watch your podcast app for it. So, an update on where the podcast has been, why it's not, why it hasn't been here. A little vague update on where it's going, and now finally, just to make this more than an update, and hopefully to offer a few thoughts that make it more worth your time. Here are like four or five things that I learned uh, this year. A few reflections from me. First thing that was helpful for me this year as I was reflecting on the year and things that like I grew in and learned was I learned to not confuse the vehicle or the medium with the work. And, and here's what I mean by that. Like years ago, I thought I was supposed to be in youth ministry. Like that's, I, I, I won't get into my whole story here of how I ended up working in the church and in ministry, but I kind of in some ways went kicking and screaming into ministry, but I thought like, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a youth pastor. I thought I'd be a youth pastor till like I retired. I thought I would be this like 75 year old youth pastor who would like be teaching youth ministry and would be like super cool 75 year old doing youth ministry. I thought I was supposed to do that. Um, and that changed. And I thought then, like, I thought I was supposed to do all of my work in a local church. I thought like that's what it would look like. And then that changed. And then I thought, well, all my work is going to be like church adjacent. It's going to be connected to the local church. And then this year, that began to change. And it took me until this year to sort of realize that my work, my work is portable. It's portable to different mediums. There's different vehicles for it. But the thing that's underneath it has often been the same. And I've gotten trapped into thinking that the vehicle for the work is what's significant. The vehicle being like youth ministry or a local church or like church connected organizations, things like that, thinking that like that's what's significant instead of realizing that what's significant is the underlying work itself, the thing that's underneath it, the thing that's actually driving it, the the thing that I get to do that I was saying earlier of getting to like, oh, what's it look like to help people like live like full whole lives what does it look like to help people become the people they were designed and created to be was it was it look like to ask different questions than what is normative in whatever space you find yourself in what's it what's it look like to like move past uh, things that like goals and sort of like obvious outward sort of things what's it look like to move into dealing with motivations and drivers and like the underlying things of like why are we doing what we're doing and all that sort of stuff that undergirded the work that I did um, 25 years ago with high schoolers that under that undergirded the work that I was doing with 20 somethings the work that I was doing as I led a church those sorts of things were underneath it and I had gotten trapped into thinking the vehicle of how I was living out was the point when the point was actually like, no, 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 it's the thing that's underneath it. And there's always going to be a lot of different vehicles for the work that you and I do. There's always going to be a lot of different mediums for how we put this stuff out. 
and I got to tell you that that um, realization, you know, a lot of you are probably way ahead of me on this. But for me, that realization this year and like really owning that gave me so much freedom and creativity and opened up all kinds of new and different doors. And so, um, yeah, for me this year, one of, the, one of the things was I learned to not confuse the vehicle, the medium with the work itself. Uh, second thing that I learned this year was that uh, we, and maybe I should just say I, am incredibly adaptable. I mean, we've all gone through significant change the past few years. I know for me, I've gone through significant change the past few years. Uh, just even like the, the vehicles of life. I left uh, the church where I'd been on staff for almost 20 years. But then like significant family dynamics changing, like our oldest moving to college and living seven hours away this year. Like there has just been thing after thing, some that have been huge like that and some that have been so much smaller. So many friendships have shifted. So like there's just so many things there. But what I discovered uh, for me is that while change brings grief, because grief happens anytime something is lost, and whenever we experience change, there's some sort of loss that's there, and so we experience grief in that. And so while that change uh, brought grief, it also like opened up something new. It opens up new rhythms. It's like there's something that's possible now that wasn't possible before. There are things... There are things that are only possible now uh, because I'm not on staff at that church anymore. There are things that are only possible now because my son went to college and lives seven hours away. There are things that are only possible now because there are new and different relationships in my life. There are things that are only possible now because of the changes. So that change brings loss and it brings grief and that's real. And we sit in that and we experience it. Uh, we don't just sort of like sugarcoat it and move on to like this next new thing, but we do in the midst of that grief recognize, oh, what, what's possible now that wasn't before? What new rhythms can I engage in now that I couldn't before? What, what is open to me now that wasn't open before? So I learned that this year. Um, another thing that I feel like I learned this year, maybe maybe that I knew, but I feel like it really solidified for me in some new ways this year was that people will not always get it and they will not always get you when you break out of the boxes that they know. So that's shown up for me this year in all kinds of ways. Like for instance, what church looks like for me uh, in this season. Like I can't tell you how often I'm in a conversation with people, like weekly and some weeks almost daily where somebody is asking me, what does church look like for you in this season? And I have a lot of ways that I talk about that, but but here's uh, here's the basics of it: is that it doesn't look in this season like being engaged. I'm in Long Beach, California. It doesn't look like being engaged on a weekly basis at a local church in Long Beach, California. Um, but at the same time, I actually think that I am more engaged with a church than maybe I have been. I don't know if I could say if I've ever been in my life, but then I've been in a very, very long time. I feel like I'm contributing more to the church uh, than I have. I feel like I'm actually influencing larger swaths of the church than I have. And I feel like I'm rooted in places in the church, but it doesn't look like what it used to look like for me. And it doesn't look like what a lot of people know for it to look like. And so people don't know 
what to do with that. And that's okay. I don't expect them to. Um, or recently, uh, I had a friend who I was just kind of like, we were catching up with one another and he told me, he's like, Mike, you're trying to build more work outside the church. Like you got to stop posting about church stuff. You got to stop talking about church stuff. You don't put any more effort into this podcast. It's about church stuff. Cause like, is your work in the church or is your work in like business and stuff outside of the church? And I was like, well, it's, yeah, it's both. It's all of it. And somehow for me, they're intertwined in ways that don't make sense. And he's like, well, you're just not going to grow your stuff in the business space um, very much if you keep posting about church stuff because people don't know what to do with you. And it's like, I, I sat with that for a while. And I think that it's true. People don't necessarily know what to do with me, but I also think I'm okay with that. Because look, here's the deal. We naturally categorize. It's a default mechanism of how our brain works. Our brain is constantly looking for ways to build shortcuts for us. And so you make sense to people in a certain way. I make sense to people in a certain way. Uh, maybe like things work in a certain way. Things working like in, in a way like uh, that, that's what makes sense to us. There are categories that we put things in. But we're much more complex than that. Those categories are not who you are. That's just our brains creating shortcuts to make things easier on us. And just because that's our default mode doesn't mean we have to fit into that. And what I've discovered, uh, for me at least, is that even if it doesn't make sense to other people, just using those two examples from this year, I've got a bunch more. Oh, we got a cat. Like, here's another one for you. We got a cat and we got a cat in December and not because we were looking for a cat, not because I'm a cat person. In fact, if you have ever heard me um, talk about cats, you have probably heard lots of jokes about cats. I've got a whole like little bit that I do where I make fun of cats. I, like It's a little bit that I use in sermons sometimes where I make fun of, of cats and that they're not a creation of God, a creation of the Satan. And I got a whole little deal there. And we got a cat. I am not a cat person. Like That's my category is non-cat person, but there is this cat was living in our neighborhood that needed rescued and he's super sweet and he now lives in our home um and some folks that know me well were like i don't know what to do with that because you are not a cat person right like we have categories um but that doesn't mean that we have to fit always into those categories and so what i've discovered is that it's more about being intentional than it is about needing to make sense to everyone else and so look um if, uh, if the way that I was thinking about church, if I wasn't being intentional about the way that I was thinking about how, what my engagement looks like in church, like, I think that there's some good space to push into there. If like the way that I'm approaching my work and how I'm talking about it and all of that, if the, if I wasn't being intentional about it, it wasn't just that it doesn't make sense to people. It's that like I was flippant and not being intentional or even like bringing a cat into our home. And it was like, that doesn't make sense. Um, if there wasn't this intentionality behind it, I think that there's space to push into that. But by the same token, um, the reality is that when you are intentional about those things, people won't always get it because you're not necessarily going to fit into the boxes and categories that make sense. And that's okay. So I learned that maybe a bit more this year. Um, fourth thing I learned this year is that building small reflection rhythms throughout the year 
beats trying to have a few big reflective uh, processing moments. Well, one of the things I did this year pretty consistently was to have this short weekly time where I was processing reflections. Then I had a slightly longer monthly time, but still not long, like my short weekly time, five, 10 minutes a week. Uh, my longer like monthly time to process reflections, like 15 minutes, maybe, maybe it would push to 30, but rarely, probably 15, 20 minutes. And then I'd have a slightly longer quarterly time. That would be that maybe that's like the 30-ish minute time. But in doing this, it allowed like my reflection and my own personal processing to go places that it didn't go before. What I realized was that when I'm processing things intentionally on a regular basis, I move past the kind of like low-lying fruit that when I would only take time to reflect at like the end of the year, that it's like it's December 31st and I want to think about the year before or when I'd only like I used to do uh, three retreats a year, three personal retreats a year and I'd have like some major, I do some major processing during that and those were really good and they're really helpful. But when it was those few times a year, I would naturally gravitate towards the low-lying fruit, the most obvious things. And I could sort of like um, hang there for a bit because there was a lot there. But when it was these like little small weekly things, like I had to move past that because it was like, well, that low-lying fruit kind of gets old. It gets redundant. Um, what else is there? And there would always be more. And there's more that I didn't realize it was there. And what I've realized is true in general, I found to be true here specifically, which is that small, consistent habits will almost always win out over the occasional big efforts. And so when I shifted the way that I did sort of like personal reflection and processing to just small, consistent efforts from trying to do a big thing a few times a year to instead doing a small thing every week, uh, then it's like it just became so much more significant for me. It's actually why now in my executive coaching I do with folks, like I help people move towards habits that create the kinds of characteristics and traits that they want to be true in their lives. It's these like small things that they do on a regular basis that build this capacity over time to be the people who we want to be. Um, so this year I learned that small habit of short processing, small reflection rhythms that were more effective and helpful for me. And then maybe the final thing that I'll share. I feel I've got a longer list than this, but I thought these might be the things that um, might fit right here in our time together. The final thing is I have to ship it. Ship, S-H-I-P, it. And this is a thing that I learned years ago from the business writer Seth Godin, but I feel like it's become incredibly significant for me to lean into more over this past year. Uh, and the essence of it is this, that, we can spend a lot of time processing an idea. Uh, we spend a lot of time refining something we're creating, trying to get the thing that we want to put out into the world, the thing that we want to do. And whatever that thing is, whether it's a report that we're writing, a book that we're writing, a podcast that we're creating, a course that we're creating, um, a post that we want to put on social media, like whatever the sort of thing is, a gathering that we want to put together, a group that we want to, whatever the thing is, we can spend all kinds of like energy, like fixing it, figuring it out, perfecting it, thinking about it, processing it, creating it. But it doesn't actually mean anything if we don't ship it, if we don't put it out into the world. I mean, I can't tell you how many things um, 
I have done and I've done in just like a mediocre way, but it's gotten out into the world. And then somebody will say to me, oh, I've been thinking about doing something like that for a long time. And I, I've got plenty of those experiences that are flipped as well, where somebody puts something out in the world and I was like, oh, that's this thing. I'd been thinking about that. I'd been like jotting down notes about that. I'd been processing it. But it doesn't mean anything if we don't ship it, if we don't put it out into the world. And for me, a lot of times there are all those excuses um, that I have that are really about the fear that I have. Like I will wonder, well, what if I put out an opportunity, something to sign up for, something to do, and no one responds to it? Well, what if I write something? What if I say something? What if I record something and I didn't get it right and then I have to deal with pushback? Or, or what if I put all this effort into this thing that I then like put out and it just kind of like goes into a void and I get no feedback on it whatsoever and I put all this effort into like writing this thing or recording this thing or like creating this thing and it just feels like it just went out into like the nothingness. And then even at times, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, at times I have the fear of success. It took me a long time to learn this and to define this, but I think a lot of us actually have this. That it's like, well, if this goes well, then I have to keep doing it. If this goes well, I'll have more people I'll have to engage, and I'll have to engage them. There's a certain expectation that they're coming with this. And what if I can't keep doing this? Or what if I can't keep doing it well? What if I can't keep doing it at the level that like they experience, expect, want, or hope for? What if, what if I help this one person, or what if I help this one organization? But I can't do that for everyone who hires me. That, But because I helped them and I did well, then they told other people that they should hire me and those other people hire me. But what if like, like what goes through my head is like, what if that was just a one-off? What if like I was able to do that there for them, for that group, for that person, but I can't do that somewhere else? Or, or what if, what if like, because I start putting this stuff out, I become considered by some folks an expert or I'm supposed to have an opinion about all these things. And I don't feel like an expert and I don't have opinions about those things. There, there's all these fears uh, on putting myself out into the world. There's all these fears on putting something I create out into the world. And so what um, I do is I use things like I use getting right, getting it right, or I use wanting it to be better, or I use like, well, I need to do more research. I use all those things as excuses to not put myself out there to not put something I create out there. It's one of the ways that the author Stephen Pressfield says that resistance shows up. Now, you don't know about resistance, uh, friends, you got to read his phenomenal book, uh, The War of Art, um, one, of, one of just my all-time favorites. My guess is a bunch of you have read it. But he talks about the resistance as this negative force that stops you from taking creative action in the world. And the resistance shows up in all kinds of ways. It shows up as procrastination. It shows up as self-doubt. It shows up as fear. It shows up as like needing to acquire endless information without ever doing anything with that information. Got to keep researching. It shows up as I got to get this thing perfect before it can. It shows up in all these ways. But really, it's just a sign when there's resistance out there. It's a sign that there's something that's there. There's some sort of like juice. There's something that's like cooking there that needs to be out into the world. It's something that you are meant to put 
out into the world and when we give in to the resistance, like we're missing that thing. I know when I used to preach on a weekly basis, I used to say that the only reason that my sermon would ever get finished is because Sunday would show up every week. Like I had this hard deadline where there would be a group of people who would show up and they would sit in these seats and they were expecting me to show up with this thing that I had put together that I would then get in front of them and I would put it out into the world. And it was like this constraint, this unique constraint that was unique to the work that I was doing there that forced me on a weekly basis to create a thing that I would then put out into the world. I had to ship. And in the work that I'm doing now, um, I don't have a lot of those same kind of hard deadlines. I've got a whiteboard here to my right with a few creative projects that are ideas with varying degrees of traction that I've done, different amounts of like work on. And one of the things that I've learned this year is that those things can't just sit there. They don't do anything when they sit on my whiteboard. They don't do anything when they sit in my head. They don't do anything when they're in my notebooks and, and scribblings or when it's a document on my computer. I have to ship things. It doesn't matter if it doesn't ship, which, by the way, is why this podcast is out today. Uh, I've got a to-do list that this has sat on my to-do list for several weeks now to provide an update here. I had jotted down notes on what to say. I had a little file going on, like, here's the things that we should talk about. But it sat there. And if I didn't do anything with it, no one would know. None of you would know that it had been sitting on my to-do list. Nobody would know that I had like jotted down these notes. None of you would know that there was a thing that was there that, that I had wanted to put out into the world, but that I didn't do it. There's not a deadline expectation for this. There's not a crowd of people who are showing up, sitting in seats, waiting for me to put this thing. Like, it's not happening. And so I had to, like, just decide this morning. I have to ship it because it's not doing anyone any good just sitting there. And so it might not be great. It might not be refined. But one of the things that I have learned and tried to lean into even more this year is that putting out something that's like a, a B level, that's good, it's good enough, is better than never putting out anything because it doesn't get to that A level. And my guess is that that might even be true for you also. You might have some things that you need to ship to just sort of like put out into the world and you have probably got some things that are at that place. They are good enough. And friends, they're not doing any good just sitting there. They're not doing any of us any good just sitting there. You need to put that out, if not for us, then for yourself, because it's this thing that's in you that needs to get out into the world. And so, like, put those, publish those photographs, write that blog, that post, um, put down those words on paper and, like, send it to a few people. Record that thing that you've been thinking about. Put together that gathering. Get that group of friends together. Put on that event. What is that thing that you've got just sitting there that you need to ship? So <laughs> this probably is not a surprise to any of you. If you have known me for any length of time, this went a bit longer than I had anticipated. But that's my update for today, friends. Um, talked about where the podcast has been. I gave a super vague update on where it's headed this year. It's going to be really good. Like, like, look, here's the thing. 
I will enjoy it. And one of the things that I know is that for for a lot of folks that I get to interact with, if I enjoy it, um, you'll enjoy it, if nothing else, just because of the fact that I enjoy it. So super vague update on where we're headed this year. And just a few things that I learned this year. Um, friends, happy 2024. It is a gift that like you still download this and tune into this. And I appreciate it. And I hope that it's um, helpful for you. I hope that it can be a gift to you. And so until next time, sometime, let's shoot for some time in February to like get back together again and have a little bit more concreteness that we can talk about of what's going to happen here. So until then, grace and peace to you, my friends.